Movie Sucktastic is a podcast about bad movies and the people that love them. But it's more than just a podcast. It's an, also an online presence. If you want to know more about Movie Sucktastic or want to become a part of Movie Sucktastic, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter, at Movie Sucktastic. You can find our blog at boothreviews.blogspot.com. Or if you want to give your own reviews that we might use on the show, you can go to reviews.moviesucktastic.com and check out our, our own little lunch.com community for Movie Sucktastic. Check us out and become a part of the show because the only thing more fun than a bad movie is sharing it. You're listening to Movie Sucktastic. Joy. Oh, hi, Scott. Uh, welcome to round two or episode. Uh, we're we're <laughs> we're tired. <laughs> welcome to movie sucktastic. We're pulling double shifts tonight, uh, recording our and Oscar coverage, and this is our first official Oscar nominee review. The uh, best picture nominated film, Hell or High Water. Yeah, and we're we're pulling double duty, not just tonight too. I mean, this is like for the next month. Yeah, double <laughs> episodes every week up until the Oscars. And this is a tradition that we we now do. We this is our third year doing it, I believe. And Success, I, third year of successfully doing it. I know just past years we talked about it, it's like ah oh, couldn't make it through them all, but uh, right. Um, and then this year we do plan on covering the Oscars uh, together. Um, I. I'm still. I, I need to get confirmation on that because the Oscars do fall on the same weekend as my anniversary weekend this year. Right. So. So I might not be available. I don't know yet. I'm. Tr I'm well, seeing what's happening. Well, no, and that's fine. Uh, we plan on doing it. We always plan on doing it. Uh, if it doesn't get done, right. it doesn't get done. But, and, I do like. You know, when if Scott, I can't, if I can't make it, maybe we can get Gino Cuddy to uh, fill in for me. <laughs> Yeah, this maybe. Well, sure. If I can get him drunk and puking on camera, <laughs> that'd be fine. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, I'm not interested. <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, uh, I'm not opposed to doing the Oscars like we do our show every week, where you Skype in 
uh, or we Skype in together and we do it that way. I'm fine with that. If you I, can't I, get to my house, I'm totally fine with doing it that way right. if that's I'm how we end up my, doing my it. My availability for the Oscar night is currently tentative. Okay. That's all. You need to get rid of that anniversary. Get get going with the wedding one. Like I, Make I'm, that the I'm, new I'm anniversary. Yeah, because then we can kind of gloss over that one because then we'll have another different well, one. Because yeah. then we can, you know, we can do the Oscars every year. It's, it's, right. it's getting in the way. I, I, I that that's that's the only reason I proposed. You bastard. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. Anyway. Hmm. Uh, anyhow. Yes. So we're reviewing Hell or High Water, directed High by Water. Uh, David McKenzie. Written directed by David McKenzie. Sorry, I'm talking over you. Keep going. No, it's okay. Uh, written by, uh, uh, directed by David McKenzie. Written by Taylor Sheridan. Uh, it's original story, so uh, it's up for the best adapted, or I'm um, sorry, the best original screenplay. Correct. Uh, and Jeff Bridges is nominated for best supporting actor, and that's kind of where it ends with Hell or High Water as far as nominations. Now, right. As far as, it, let's say, hypothetically, this wins Best Picture, it will be the the only Best Picture with the least amount of money made ever. Now, the record right now is held by uh, The Hurt Locker, which I believe only made like a couple of million dollars. Wasn't widely released. Correct, and neither was this one. This this made uh, twenty seven thousand dollars. Oh no, I'm sorry, twenty seven million. Forget it. Forget I said it. It, it just the way it, it was done. It looked like twenty seven thousand, but it is twenty seven million. Still, very did not make a lot of money at all. Twelve million dollars is what it cost to make the film. Uh, opening weekend, six hundred twenty one thousand on thirty two uh, in thirty two theaters. When it went wide, it only went wide in 909 theaters. But this film has been out since August. And the fact that it still has that staying power where it was remembered to be nominated, that's that's something. Because mm-hmm. movies don't usually don't usually get remembered that far back. They really don't. There are a lot of good films that came out uh, during the year that you know they submit their films to be nominated but when you know the voters move down the line it's just the list is so long they just kind of look at the films that just came out in the last two months three months it's usually how it goes mm-hmm. so uh it's impressive <clears throat> that this film came out months ago and it's it was remembered as one of the best films this year which i really like this movie right and i liked now, what it stood for too right yeah we're definitely going to get into that uh, now, David McKenzie as a director, I'm very unfamiliar with. I've not seen any of his previous films, so I really don't have anything background to go on. Uh, the writer, Taylor Sheridan, is actor-turned-screenwriter, um, so he doesn't really have many writing items under his belt either. Uh, he wrote Cesario, C- uh, which came out the previous year, which did very was very well-received. Okay. Uh, and he, he's the um, actor-wise... I recognize him as the deputy from uh, Sons of Anarchy. Oh, that's a show I never got a, got into watching. 
I was dragged into it. I wasn't interested. Damn good show. Uh, watched the whole series. He's in it for a certain number of uh, seasons. I don't want to ruin that for you. Oh, you've ruined um, it already. But... <laughs> <laughs> you can't say shit like way. that to us. Come on. <laughs> what's wrong with you? <laughs> I know exactly what's going on now. Now, <laughs> so Hell or High Water, um, uh, the, the IMDb plot given is a divorced father and his ex-con older brother resort to a desperate scheme in order to save their family's ranch in West Texas. Now, it's, it's a little more complicated than that. That's Yeah, that's factual, but not it doesn't tell you the whole story, which I, I'm cool with that. I, I, I went to the film blind. I didn't look anything up on it. The only I, thing I, I knew, the only thing I knew was that they robbed banks and that their the, the ranch was going to be foreclosed on. That's all I knew. Didn't, didn't even know that. I went totally blind. And this is a, I'm going to, all right, right up front. Uh, every time we review, I want to start doing a, like a checklist. And I don't have the checklist out, written out yet. But okay. I do know the first thing I want to talk about when we talk about films, um, when we talk about love, is hell hmm. is the title of the film. Okay. All right. So as far as the film goes, the title, right alone, Hell or High Water, what are your feelings on the title? Um, It's not a very good title, considering... Okay. No, no, I'm listening. I know the face that you made. No, no, I didn't make a face. I don't even talk about Hell... you saw. I saw the face. Hell or High Water, it's a catchy title, but as mm -hmm. far as what goes on in the film, it has nothing to do with the movie except for the one little plot point near the end that's it what's uh i disagree totally sir uh pardon me <laughs> i disagree totally um hell or high water specifically is uh has two is it's a double entendre title okay and that's why i like it because hell or high water first of all let me put my mic down there uh, as is more familiar is the phrase "come hell or high water," which means by any means necessary, uh, not letting anything get in your way. Okay, you know what? I didn't know that's what it meant. So oh, I, 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 ch I changed my stance. Well, <laughs> it's a great fucking title. Then here's here's something else you may have overlooked: is that um, it is also a term used for contracts in which the the uh, person that is paying on the contract uh, must pay no matter what happens come hell or high water oh so consider so, so considering like a, a the, the, yeah, the major the major plot point in the film it, yeah it fits right so it's, it's got that double entendre there and it kind of pushes that idea of that uh, no matter what happens you know it's all, all these different uh not necessarily characters, but all these different um, elements in the film are non-negotiable. It's they're all moving towards whatever they want, regardless. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, um, so I love the title of this film. I think it's one of the best titles this year. I, I think we can both agree that the poster blows. The, uh, the giant well, Jeff Bridges head in 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 the class. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Could, they, did they really need giant Jeff Bridges? Like, this is like, God. It's like this is God. What are you guys doing down there with the banks? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just, it's just soccer. I mean, the Aztecs kicked around a skull, right? 
<laughs> I really like Jeff Bridges in this movie. I know why he got nominated. Um, I mean, personally, I go Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals, but I haven't seen all the films yet. But uh-huh. right now, that's my favorite. But I would say, as of right now, because those are the only two movies I've seen for that category, Michael Shannon, then Jeff Bridges right under him. Because I- Jeff Bridges, although the character that he portrays, the the, the his persona, has it's been in other films. Uh, most namely, like, True Grit and... Um, Oh, the one he won the Oscar for was, uh, fuck. What was the movie he won the Oscar for? Who? Uh, Jeff Bridges. King Kong, 76. It it began with, uh, I'll tell you. Tron. Yes, it was, yes, it was, no, stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Did he he win for True Grit? When when did he win his best Oscar? No, he, he won his Oscar for, and I said it last episode, Crazy Heart. And it just oh crazy that's right yeah he played like a country singer you know alcoholic so Mm -hmm. yes I mean it's basically this character is a combination of of uh, rooster and yep and uh, his character from Crazy Heart and it's kind of like this mellower character right in the middle you know this little wise cracking uh, he's got all these quips and one liners and. He's, you know, real quick uh, as far as uh, his comebacks go. His quips are excellent. It just, when he's talking to his partner and they're they're holed up in the in the hotel and he goes, you know, when I'm gone and you're standing over my grave, it's going to be my my insults that you're going to remember fo- you know, me fondly of. And uh, he truly believes that, you know, Jeff Bridges' character. You know, he believes that, yeah, I'm hard on you, but, you know, I'm just, I'm just poking fun. You know, this is just, you know, quote unquote, to do a Donald Trump, uh, it's locker room talk. Locker room talk. <laughs> locker room talk. Now, um. Yes. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Well, let's, I, let's, since you've mentioned him best actor, let's just talk about the acting first. Right, best supporting. Yes. All right. Uh, well, yeah, best supporting. But I mean, as far as the acting in the film. Uh, Top notch, all around excellent performances, and and by everyone, even the smallest little parts uh, were done really well. Uh, ben Foster and Chris Pine uh, are great, and 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 acting in this case, there's a lot of understated acting. Yeah, which is a lot harder. Like you know, sometimes you get all this t- Oscar talk for people that are like uh, they're they're playing characters that are very they're emoting and there's all this emotion and tears and you know. Or, but this is a lot of where everybody's like all these characters are playing everything close to the vest. They're doing their they're hiding in their emotions. Acting as a character that's hiding their emotion and still conveying that emotion is a little harder. Yeah. And there, there is there is a subtlety to all every performance in this film. Even Jeff Bridges, who is kind of this comical, almost uh, cliche character, but it's just part of it. I mean, he, he 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 doesn't become the cliche. He just shows that he's a part of that, or like he's like the origin of the cliche. But it, it's great acting all around. Yeah, uh, especially and Ben Foster. Who I've was, always liked Ben Foster. Uh, one of the yeah. first things I ever saw him in uh, was Alpha Dog. I mean, I'm sure I've seen him in other things before that, but I really Stop. took notice of him in Alpha Dog. 
uh-huh. you should see Alpha Dog. Really good. Oh, uh, uh, what's his face? Nick Cav- uh, Nick Cassavetes, his son. Yeah, Cassavetes directed that. Okay, stop tapping your desk, goddammit. Ah, I, personally, I think I think his best performance ever was Spacker Dave. What? In, what is that? In, in the Punisher. Oh. <laughs> I I think he's a fucking every, tweaker every in that movie. <laughs> every performance he's given after that is like I, I gotta I gotta. I got a top Spacker Dave. Not yet. Close. He came very close with this one. Let's see. Oh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Oh, oh yeah. Was, yeah oh, he, that's right. Oh, he was he, in 310 to Yuma. Yeah, he's he's the creepy guy in 30, uh, 30 Days a Night in in the jail. That's right. Oh, I mean, Which he did, know, it, he did after Alpha Dog. Right. Uh, but no, he, he's just done some great shit. Really has. That's right. Spacker Dave and the Punisher. That that te- <laughs> technically that's the first thing uh, I ever saw him in. Although I no, he was uh, he was in uh, eleven fourteen. He was the one uh, fucking uh, like high drunk, you know, wasted dude in the in the van. I barely remember that in eleven fourteen. I've seen that. Yeah. Well, you know what it was. Um, you know what it was. He was he was in that. I didn't. I saw his other stuff and saw Eleven Fourteen much later. He was also in a film called Big Trouble. He played Tim Allen's son. That was written by uh, Dave. Uh, what's his name? Dave Barry. Right, and that film was supposed to come out September of two thousand and one. Oh, yeah. And of course, no. there's a a plane scene in that movie where there's a bomb on it. They were like, we can't show this movie. So they actually pushed that back months and months. I think it ended up coming out spring or summer of 2002. Yeah, yeah, they yeah it came out April. The carpet. April of 2002, but it's original release day. You're right, and it is Dave Barry, the novels. Uh, Robert Ramsey wrote the screenplay. Um, it was originally supposed to come out in like September or October of 2001. They got scared. Well, don't forget uh, when the uh, the first Trade Center bombing, the minor one occurred. That was uh, when they they uh, Top Dog was supposed to come out with Tr- uh, Chuck Norris. Oh right! And they ate that from the theaters. I remember we actually were going to show it, and like, oh, we can't show it now. Oh, because, you know, uh, you know what else was uh, yanked from the theaters for uh, two thousand one for September eleventh? The Schwarzenegger film Collateral Damage. Oh yeah, that's right. They that's pulled right. that one too. Which is weird because he was fighting terrorism. So why would why would you pull that? They didn't even want to mention of it. <laughs> they didn't even want it want it mentioned. They they were like, you know what? We spent I don't know eighty hundred million dollars on this. Why take a chance? <laughs> uh, yeah, collateral damage. Two thousand and two came out February of two thousand and two. After his family is killed by a terrorist attack, a firefighter, a firefighter, (laughs) goes in search of the one responsible. Yeah, I probably would have pulled that one too. Directed by Andrew Davis. Oh God, he did Under Siege and The Fugitive and The Guardian. Yeah, they spent a lot of money on that movie. (laughs) They're like, yeah, we gotta, we definitely gotta try and make our money back 
It's funny. So anyway, yeah, Ben Foster. Um, oh, you know what movie I, I, I liked him in, too? Um, what? It was a January release. We watched it. Uh, we both ended up liking it. Pandorum. Oh, yeah, Pandorum. That was an interesting little sci-fi film. I, I enjoyed that. The only yeah. thing that I didn't, and I haven't really visited it again, the only thing that really got to me with that was that he whispered a lot. When <laughs> there was no imminent yeah. danger... It was like, okay, it, are you whispering because you're afraid something's going to hit? It's like, no, you're whispering because this is the character you're... But they're all playing crazy in, in the film, too. Yeah. A lot of them are. So, so yeah. I mean, I, I got over it, but I actually should revisit it to see if that still bothers me. Mm-hmm. Um, now, uh, Hell or High Water, I, I, I feel, could be considered Western noir, okay. which is is not necessarily... It's not. It's not. It's nothing new. I, I think one of my favorite Western noir films ever is Bad Day at Black Rock. Still, okay. Uh, Spencer Tracy is the one-armed guy that comes into town, uh, and uh, the Western noirs, the good ones, really just deal with the whole idea of this expanse, expanse, uh, the vast expanse of space, the fields, the plains, and uh, this film really. Uh, it's a the the the, the Texas. Which the film wasn't filmed in, by the way, uh, is really a character in the film. Uh, the cinematography in this movie blew me away. Oh, really? Yeah, you didn't. You what? You didn't. Well, it. I wouldn't say blew me away. Mm. I mean, well, you know, okay. It. Don't get me wrong. I. I felt it was very good, but. It's not one of those films that would like stick out in my mind. It's like, whoa, cinematography blew me away. I wouldn't just go, far, go so far as to say that. I think the way they put things on screen, like when they're driving down the highway. That's, and do that's, you... that's cinematography. Can I finish? <laughs> I'm just saying. Did you, when you say the way they put things on the screen, it's like that's kind of what I'm saying. Can I finish? <laughs> yeah. No, by all means, sir, please. Okay. Uh, in certain scenes... Uh, the way they put things on screen when they're driving by and you see a big billboard that says in debt, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I think that worked very well. You know, well, things it's, like it's that. It's more than just the billboard in debt, though, too. No, no, no. I, I get showing, that. I mean, but they're like these again, like when they're driving on the road, it's these vast, empty fields, uh, almost abandoned. But then you've got oil rigs out in the background, uh, then these debt billboards. And what are the oil and the oil derricks in the background are kind of like sucking the the wealth out of this land, which is essentially what the kind of the implication is of the film as a whole. Sure, uh, and, and and I got uh, that. I, I, I wouldn't just give for, cinematography just for example, so opening much shot of the film. It. Yeah, okay. Okay, it's it's one tracking shot. It goes the side of this building. We just see a white wall. Uh, it's got some graffiti that says uh, three tours in Iraq, no bailout for uh, for these people." Right, yeah, I which saw that. is a little, maybe a slight hit 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 over the head, but it's it's there. Pan away, pan. You keep pan slowly by the building. We follow this woman that's walking. The the camera pans by what looks like a drive-through. Uh, we kind of realize it's the bank, even though we don't see any bank signs. And what's framed in the drive-through as she walks through the camera frames perfectly is the three crosses of what looks like a church. Right. Okay. Then 
then as she walks into the building, the p- camera pans past this religion. All right, so we got we've got the we've got the religion framed in the drive-through of a bank. Uh, so there's some imagery there for you there: church, bank, money, God. Yeah. Uh, and as the camera angles to the side, and she goes to the doorway, two masked men and guns put take her into the bank, while in behind them is Goodyear across the top of the building. Oh, the Goodyear tires, sure. Yeah, but obviously an alternate meaning there, or an ironic one almost. There, there's everything that happens in the background, everything that's framing. None of this is is accidental or left to chance. Everything is meticulous. When the two brothers are sitting on the porch, uh, and there's that rust, and the background is a rusted septic tank. Like that's that's the focal point of the shot. That's there for a reason. It, it, the the, fil- the every shot of this film, almost every shot of this film, is just giving us this landscape of of a co- of, of a a state, a country, a people just being sucked dry. This and and then when they they parallel that between Vegas, uh, it's just fucking. Which I, wh- I, I I was blown away by. I, I just thought it was very masterfully done. You, I could t- it wasn't just somebody filming. An action film or like a, a slow burn uh, thriller or whatever what you want to call it, they were they were actually everything was meticulously planned and framed, and I really like that. Right. Uh, n- no, and and agree. Uh, I agree with the cinematography is excellent. You went a little s- extra step further. You noticed a few more things than I did as far as like things like uh, framing uh, in, in those certain scenes, and I, I applaud you for noticing it. I still don't want. I, I still don't think it blew me away, uh, so more uh, so okay. much that I thought it was uh, very well done. Fair uh, it, it's interesting that you mentioned the Vegas stuff. When they walk in there, the first thing because I, I actually watched this uh, with Mare, um, I said because I came home not late from work last night because I, I was out late, but I came home around eight ish, and I said, "Listen, I got to watch a movie." for tomorrow night do you want to watch it with me and i told her what the movie was and she said okay i said listen if you want if you get tired go to bed you can finish watching it on your own she stayed up the whole thing through the whole thing she she enjoyed it as much as i did when they go into vegas after they they rob a couple of banks or mm-hmm. three, if you count. Not, his, well, his, his I said brother. Vegas, but it's not Vegas. It's it's a it's a yeah. It's guys, my mistake, and and we ran with it. It's it's an Indian casino, right? Which which again, even just the placement of the Indian casino, there's again the imagery is still there. Everything in this film. I'm sorry to harp on that, but I just no, it's okay, it's okay. So Go anyway, she, uh, they walk. They're walking in there, and they cash in all the money that they that they um, stole that they stole. And she starts freaking out, and I'm like, "Whoa, what do you? Just calm down." And she's like, "She's, it's like, she she starts to get this anxiety about what's gonna happen." I go, "Listen, they're laundering this money." (laughs) It's like I knew it immediately. She's like, "What are you talking about?" I go, "They're gonna trade it in for chips. They're gonna gamble a little bit, and then they're gonna cash it in and get all new bills." (laughs) And she's like. Uh, it's like that blew her away that I was like, yeah, I go, believe me, they're not dumb. They didn't do all this shit to just blow it all away and gamble it. 
I go, mm-hmm. there's a reason why they're in there. They went in to change those dollar bills or those bills for completely new ones. Right. And it becomes untraceable. Because they, actually, as a matter of fact, they didn't even trade it for bills. They traded it for a check, which they right. will give to the bank, which will give them new bills. Or they'll right. just keep their virtual money anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, and I thought that was brilliant. I was like, that's pretty fucking smart. It's like, you stole all this money. How, you, how do you launder it? You don't know anybody. You go to the casino, you cash it in. Hey, you gamble maybe a thousand or two. But his brother actually ended up coming back with even more money. <laughs> oh well, because he's a he's a he's he's good at blackjack, but yeah, po- po- poker, poker, poker. Right? He's playing poker. Apparently, he's a Comanche. <laughs> <laughs> great, 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 great dialogue in the film. Again, yes, minimalist where it needs to be. Uh, the film does not explain everything to you outright. It leaves it, you discover as the film goes. There's uh, there is one part in the film that is my favorite part, and it's the one part I hate. Oh really? You you, uh, you yeah. You, Jeff you, Bridges has his partner uh, Alfonso or uh, Adolfo. What was his name again? It was Alberto. Uh, Alberto. No, it was Alfonso. No, Alberto. Was it Alberto? It was Alberto? I just looked it up. It's Alberto. Fine. Um, so he he's the half Mexican, half Indian guy that he keeps picking on during the whole thing. Right. And they got a part where where um. And they got me saying Alfonso. Alberto goes on this little mini rant about how. Uh, the banks, you know, you know. Well, no, no, no. He doesn't. Start he goes off back there. like it, a couple hundred years, hundred fifty years. No, no, even farther. He's, he's talking about them living in caves. Oh, right. Land. Yeah. He does and then, do like, that. then someone came and stole the land from them, and it goes this whole cycle. And then, but then, like, you know, you, know, you guys, you know, that's you guys had your own place until somebody came and and took it from you and killed a bunch of you, and then you came here and then you you took it from us and but then, you know, and he, he does the whole progression. He's setting it up the whole fact that there's always. A group that comes and and takes uh, pr- uh, exploits the indigenous people, and then he gets to and he, he it works great, but they it, there's one line too many. It's a great, and you know where it's going. Like halfway through, like I see where this is going. We're all with you, and he gets to the point where you just stop and go, okay, we've made the point. He has to make, give that last line and point to the bank. Yeah, I'm trying not to say no part. <laughs> Sorry. Which is a, he he underlined like he just there's one line too many. It was almost like all right and for the stupid people in the audience. No, don't do that. You're better than that. Uh, <laughs> so it, that bother, it, it, that line like almost pissed me off. It's like you didn't need that. It was like perfect right where it was. So, but that's how good this film is. Like like that. That's the kind of thing you expect in a film. It's like yeah, well they have to explain it. This film has been so was so good up to that point of not going out of its way to try to explain stuff to you but let you discover it uh, through natural sounding dialogue that that one part was a nice little soliloquy from a character that doesn't talk much in the film that last line ruined it for me but uh, that's the only flaw in this film for me yeah it, it's interesting because I watched because uh, what we have on in the background so hopefully we don't get flagged we can upload this fucking video uh, is we have interviews with all the actors and they show clips from the movie and whatnot. Well, I watched uh, one of the interviews, and Chris Pine, uh, he went as so much as to say that he received the script, and he was hell-bent on making this movie. Like, he went after the writer and the director and said, I want to be in this film. It's and great, yeah. they said that the, the part of Chris Pine's brother was specifically written for Ben Foster. 
So, and they had worked on a movie together called The Finest Hours, which is like a, uh, not a submarine movie, but it's like uh, in the, out in the middle of the ocean, kind of. Uh, That's one where the boat gets cut in half. Uh, I don't know, but yeah, it's it's out in the middle of the ocean. That's the one where the boat gets cut in half. I'm almost I, positive. I didn't see the movie. It came out only a couple of years ago. That uh, I'm gonna look. No, at no, now. actually, I think it came out this uh, in 2016. I think it was last year. And so I, anyway, and he sure. went he went uh, so far as to say that he got the script and he said for the first time ever, he read this he read a script that he did not want to change anything because because mm-hmm. he says as an actor. You know, you always want to change maybe a line here, a line there, or, you know, if it's not uh, well-written, you want to change a lot. And Ben Foster said the same thing. He goes, a lot of the movies that I go into, he says a lot of them are completely overwritten, and you want to mm-hmm. change like 40% of what your written dialogue is. He goes, it's like, because he, he says a look or a mannerism can completely take care of, like, Ten lines of dialogue, right? Uh, exactly. So, so he said both of them basically agreed that this was a perfect script. They said there's nothing that they would have wanted to change. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was I really interesting. It. Yeah, and, and I'm right. The finest hours is the one where the bulk gets cut in half. Okay, I think the tagline is like like twenty four survivors, twelve spots, or some shit like that. Thirty two survivors, room for twelve. <laughs> I think that's a Disney movie too. Uh, I don't know. I, I want to say that's a Disney movie. Definitely not a cartoon. Not a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was 2016. No, no, no nominations for that. No. Uh, no, but, sir. No, the the dialogue in this film, yeah, is perfect, and and the acting, and these are actors that understand that too. Like, like they work with that. Um, now, this is where I. I, I go on IMDb and I'm like, ah, oh, let me see what people are posting in the in the message groups. It's oh, like, yeah. don't do that. The Finest Hours is a Disney movie. So don't don't read the IMDb message groups. <laughs> yeah, oh, why Scott. why do you do that? Why do you torture I, yourself? Because I'm a glutton for punishment. It's and, and and if you go through and you skim, you can find at least three posts of people that are like, oh, so banks are the bad guys because they lend people money. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Obviously, you you don't even have a clue as to the predator i mean the film the background of the film is predatory mortgage loans and it's hard to believe that just coming out of the recession caused by predatory mortgage loans that there are still people out there saying hey what's so bad about giving someone a mortgage (laughs) fuck you fuck (laughs) you especially reverse mortgages yeah one of the i'm looking at the message boards and you got things like the waitress he tips the best line in the movie what do you think would have happened next? And <laughs> oh, sorry. Zenheit. Thank you. Uh, the America Trump is speaking to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have to actually look at uh, the best line wow. in the movie. What does this guy says? Are you interested in hearing about these robberies? Or are you just going to sit there and let the Alzheimer's run its course? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but there are a lot of great lines. You know, you know what? That was uh, the, early the whole in the relationship. Film too. Oh, sorry, what? That was very early in the movie. Yeah, very early. Um, but uh, the relationship between Jeff Bridges and uh, the actor that plays uh, Alberto Gil Birmingham, it reminded me a lot of uh, Breaking Bad. Oh yeah, sure. 
Uh, they really have that almost, except that Jeff Bridges isn't like this uh, overblown, uh, uh, braggadocious character. Like uh, I forget the character's name in, in Breaking Bad. It's been a while. Uh, the co- DEA agent. Uh, but he has a Mexican friend, and he's always making Mexican jokes. But with him, it's more like an ego uh, thing. Where Jeff Bridges, he's just—it's almost just like a casual that you know that kind of southern drawl, and he's just make, you know needling him, as as he puts it. Uh, so it, it, but it kept reminding me of that just because it, it was there. There's not the first show to do it, but for some reason, this really reminded me of that. Probably because it had a lot of Mexican stuff involved. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Sorry, I just uh, yeah, yeah, but. Now you got me looking at these fucking forums. Yeah, it, no, it, it's horrible too. And um, I mean, it you know, not to get political stuff too, but I mean, just I just remember the first time I ever heard reverse mortgage, and my first instinct was, okay, what's the scam? Yeah. Seriously, and so and like and and this is something too where this is an intelligent film because they kind of mention it. And there's one point where they address it kind of semi-straightly, uh, and again, g- great way they put it in the dialogue to bring, you know, to explain what the problem is with it. But it's like, are you not paying attention? And also, this film, these aren't heroes per se. This isn't a black and white, good guys win, the bad guys lose type of film. Most Western noirs aren't. True. M- most good. Uh, most noir films aren't. Usually, they follow the bad guy, and you're just—it's the guy you're kind of half rooting for. Uh, so, you know, even if they do come to a bad end, uh, noir films typically aren't that. Uh, good noir films aren't typically that kind of cut and dry, black and white. And this film definitely isn't. Yeah. You're you're not really rooting for any character. Well, maybe with some more than others. Well, but, yeah, and, and 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 no spoilers here, but you know the way the film ends. Or uh, the way one part of the film ends, you you felt it was necessary, but you still in the in the back of my head I'm like oh man, but you, I know you, what you're talking you, about. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like he it was set up, mm. or uh, not to give anything away. I, I'll just no, leave it alone. Just, just but, stop. Just stop. Yeah. Just stop. It just it, <laughs> it's it's set up that way. It's. You you actually you you end up liking all of the characters because they're human they're people, um, right? And yeah, so it, it's it's a complicated film. It, it's taking it takes a complicated subject and gives us a, this kind of uh, just snapshot of the 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 end result of all this shit, and with the backdrop of a dying America. Yeah. And and not just uh, whether it's the country itself or the ideal, it's there. Yeah, definitely. But but the, it also but it's not heavy handed. It's like it's not the film isn't it's, this isn't a film that's trying to tell you this is wrong, this is right. This is just the story. There are no excuses made. None. There really is exactly, and that's what these people lose. Like they see one thing that doesn't fall in line with their ideology, and they start just getting bitchy. And uh, it's two in the morning. I'm gonna go on IMDb and complain about this shit because how dare they say that banks are are evil just because they have money? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> read a book. Think. That's all. That's right. I I gotta tell you. Question authority. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but 
I mean, but that's not all the film is either. I mean, there's some great action sequences, great humor involved. Yeah, there's I, there's I, not one part in the film where I was like, okay, this is kind of slow, or you know, it's it's dragging, or, or I'm bored. Not one part in this film. The movie moves smoothly. I I love how they kind of portray the whole idea of Texas, where everybody has a gun. Yeah, and, and not in a silly way, just in a matter of fact way, like. <laughs> They come out of the one bank. It's like, you got a gun on you? Of course I do. <laughs> I'm talking about the last one. Well, okay. When they leave the bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just like all of a sudden. And I, I lean over to Marielle and I go, this is what everyone... I go, okay, you see what happened? That's exactly what would happen. All of these people that say, well, if uh, if there was a gun... If, if someone was in that situation and a gun was present, this would have never happened. I'm like, no. Do you see what happened in the movie? That's exactly yeah. what would have happened. <laughs> <laughs> I go, yeah. Uh, they want to say that, yeah, if a gun was around, then this, you know, this would have never happened. It's like, no. The, what you see on the fil- in this movie is exactly how that would have went down. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. But, I mean... I, I just have to, I just want to go back to the cinematography just very briefly. Sure. Again, this is a film that is beautifully shot. Very well done. But a lot of the beautiful shots are a very stark and sometimes even depressing slash barren landscapes. Yeah, it's very uh, uh, muted, I think is a good word, um, to describe some of the, the locales that they, that they use. It, and it's that way for a reason. You know, they're, they're mm-hmm. portraying a message. They're they're showing you visually just how depressed and just how downtrodden that part of West Texas is. Um, there's a lot of people in a real bad way uh, in that area, and it just really puts forth why they they did what they did uh, to try and provide a better life in some way. And- and again, and again, just highlighting the pockets of wealth. Again, barren fields uh, where people, you know, can't even like run a shop or whatever. But you've got these oil derricks pumping out wealth when, by the gallon. One of my favorite lines in the movie. This might actually be my favorite line in the. I know, movie. I know your favorite line is, "What don't you want?" <laughs> that was a great part in the film. <laughs> uh, well, uh, no, what don't you, you know want? What? I, and I would go to that restaurant every goddamn day. Yeah. You either don't want the green beans or the corn. <laughs> don't ruin it. I just I, See, I was just let it go there. That's a great scene. It is a great scene. But one of my favorite lines in the movie is from Jeff Bridges when they're in the bank. Uh, after the second bank is, or the third bank is robbed. And Jeff Bridges is talking to the girl and then he gets up and he just sees this like, like, uh, this guy in a suit, kind of, kind of portly, he goes, well, oh, yeah. he goes, there's a guy that'll foreclose on a mortgage. And he just walks right over to him. He goes, I'm going to ask this guy some questions. <laughs> ah, there's there's a guy that'll foreclose on a mortgage. <laughs> I, th- I think the exact line, is, that looks like a guy, that looks like the kind of man that would foreclose on a home. I think it was something like that. What something they have o- a, I, I didn't write it down, but yeah, that was a great line. I You're probably right. I thought it was mortgage, but yes, it, I, it could be. wrong, but. <laughs> oh my god! But it, it's <laughs> uh, yeah, they're not used to hear. 
Now I wish I'd gotten the exact phrasing, but yeah, that was a great. Again, this film is it's, it's all it's memorable dialogue. It's a memor so memorable that I can't remember the exact words. Right? It's <laughs> well. Another line that I liked is when uh, Chris Pine he tells his brother uh, Ben Foster in the film he says, "I need you sober." He goes, "Who gets drunk on beer?" Yeah. <laughs> And it was like it's like yeah, I mean you he, Southern he drink, wisdom. It just he drinks beer through the whole film. It's like no, he's clear headed. It's fucking beer. It's practically water. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, honestly, so far I know I've, I haven't seen the other film. Well, I've I haven't seen any of the other films yet up for best original script. But God, you can tell why this film was nominated for best screenplay and oh. how it made it for best picture. It is just a well crafted film. Mm -hmm. Definitely, it is not just a bank heist movie. Uh, I saw some people like, oh, does it remind you of the town? I says, don't, don't oh. even. Don't even. Uh. The town, eh, it's a totally different fucking animal. They're, again, this is probably one of the best Western noirs I've seen in a long time. Yeah, no, agreed. Uh, yeah. Just bar none. Uh, I, 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 it's, it's really, having this being, this being the first uh, original screenplay I watched mm -hmm. for the Oscars. There's some stiff competition already. Oh yeah, that's sure, of course. It. Dialogue alone, and you know, dialogue alone, this film is is nailed it. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I, mean, I don't. Unfortunately, think, it's I not going to win Best Picture, but it, it's a great movie. It's not going to win original screenplay either. Unfortunately, it, don't I don't do that to me we haven't seen any of the other films I, but i, I already I, I already know that it's not going to go to this movie it. it just yeah. just like the way nightcrawler didn't win when it should have this is yeah, not going to win either yeah yeah just like the way nocturnal animals wasn't even it, fucking me, nominated for adapted me, me, when it should have been positive about the oscars this year stop ruining for me <laughs> uh so yeah i mean Take a rival out of adapted and put nocturnal animals in. Still doesn't win, but it doesn't get the recognition it deserves. Right. So. But anyway. Um, Ooh, pardon me. We should rate this. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We do that. We, yes, on. we do. Yeah, and I'm working that checklist for you. I think we should have like a five point thing on like you know. I, I really want to talk more about the title of each film because that's something we always go back to, especially me, and. Uh, there's some good and some bad titles this year. Yeah. I, I, and again, remember, going back, Gravity. Only thing I liked about that film was the title. <laughs> yes, I know. And and I don't often like one-word titles, but I thought that worked. Um, so right now, Hell or High Water's got 7.7 .7 on IMDb. Kind of low for me. Uh, I agree. Um, we don't give out 10s very often, but I, I would go a 9 minimum on this. Um, I... Uh, Hmm. Did you go an eight? No, no lower than eight. I'm just debating how how much I wanna. I mean, I it just, I just you know again try to be spare with those nines and tens, but uh, I definitely eight at the very very lowest. A minimum, it, 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 I I personally I would go nine, but uh, I'd be okay with an eight. Well, I, I, I would I, be. I, I won't argue with an eight. But well, I, I definitely would, I no would, higher I than would. nine because it loses a star for fucking up that soliloquy about halfway through. <laughs> uh, I think we've only ever given a ten twice, and I think that was for The Revenant. 
and I want to say it was also for Nightcrawler. I believe uh, those are the only 10s we ever gave. You know, if, if we gave Nightcrawler a 10, I, I'll give this a 9. Okay. This is a film I would recommend to anybody. Every, I, may, I may go back and make Holly watch it. Uh, just a great fucking movie. It is a great uh, I'm going to say 9, yeah. Okay, cool. There was a problem. Don't say there was a problem. Fucking rate it for just me, bitch. Just fucking do it, motherfucker. All right, and I, I want to see the demographics on this. Yeah, 7.7. Uh, 7. Right. Oh. It's probably going to be weird. Horseshoe on this one. No, no, not really. Uh, eight's oh. the highest rating. It's it's not a... Yeah, okay. But uh, like 0.5% gave it one star. <laughs> Those people yeah, are like, stupid. Yeah, yeah, just, you know, idiots. Um, wow, 14 IMDB staff. I know you haven't gotten that far yet, but... Yeah, um, highest demographic... Uh, Males under 18, 8.3. And females under 18, 8.2. Lowest demographic is uh, your wife. <laughs> she she thought it was better than 7.6. 7.5. She's you're, a female. You're, you're in the, uh... Females age 30 to 44. 7. Oh, there, there it is. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why I was yeah, looking at Yeah, I know how your wife is. Okay, good. Okay. Uh, and then our demographic is a little bit higher. Uh, really, across the board, seven and eight average. Yeah. Hey, this is just a great film. You can yep. just tell. Uh, the 36% of people gave it. The majority of it, it's just fucking great. It's not yeah. one of those films where like everybody rated it a 10 or a 1. It's like everybody rated it 7, 8, 9. Yeah. And it's just... We not well. Not that we won't be as lucky next week, but you know, I don't know. Next, I, w- actually, next week we are reviewing. Actually, have mm-hmm. our schedule, but I'll only reveal what we're reviewing next week. Okay. Because things could change up. Uh, next week, what we have planned is to review Arrival and Hidden Figures. Now, I as I mentioned in the Oscar nomination show, uh, Hidden Figures. By two people already told me that it was above and beyond one of the best films they saw in 2016. All right. Okay, all right, all right. So, and and they, again, I never I take that with that. please forget you. I heard take that. that with a huge grain of salt. It makes forget. me actually think the other way. All right, I'm going to give you my point of view. I went into this film saying, you know what? I've seen Contact, and I really haven't even seen Contact. I never watched it beginning to end. <laughs> I, I actually like, was dragged to a movie theater to see that. It was like, th- yeah, it's like this film is nothing for me. Yeah, sci-fi. Ooh, there's an alien. Whatever. Went into the film just not caring. Uh, I my expectations were low, and they were okay. raised by the film. Okay. So take that don't don't go in there with best film i've seen all year that shit will destroy you oh of course i agree just go just go in knowing that i actually liked it that's all i'll say well i'm saying that about hidden figures not arrival i mean the trailers for arrival and the little tv spots are saying uh one of the best movies ever made and uh uh, this movie is so good and, and there's a lot of hype behind that yeah they said that shit about the martian uh i like the martian uh, yeah, but but it wasn't an Oscar film. <laughs> we agreed. We agreed on that. No, of course. Um, but I'm going blind I, into every single one of these movies. 
Yeah, I, I went in blind. Uh, I know the general consensus of what each film is supposed to. It's like okay, Hacksaw Ridge is a war movie. La La Land is a musical. So, so on and so forth. No, I'll, I'll, let, me, let me put it this way. Again, I'm feeling very positive this year. Uh, we're doing Arrival and Hidden Figures next week. Yes. Yeah. Again, another uh, um, double entendre t- title. Uh, I feel positive that next week we'll we'll have some positive reviews. I I, I don't foresee myself uh, being negative on either of these films. Okay. Uh, I'm feeling good about it. Good. Like I said, the only film that's giving me any pause is La La Land. Uh, yeah, because I'm not very partial to musicals. I never I, have been. I remember in grammar school, every fucking year, I was forced to watch uh, fucking Oliver. Every, I like Oliver. That's one of the few but, musicals I do like. Dude, but every year in music class for like five Ooh, straight... Bye, this beautiful morning... Five straight fucking years, I was made to watch that movie, and and one year, I you know I moved from Belleville to Bloomfield. I watched it twice. It's like <laughs> enough. Um, I'm reviewing the situation. <laughs> but you know, even back then, I remember asking to go to the bathroom more mm-hmm. times than I actually had to go, and I would I'd see the music teacher just be like. Like, with this, I was like, oh. <laughs> it's like, dude, I don't like this shit. And I never really have liked musicals. No, I, I, I could, on one hand, I could count off all the musicals I like. Uh, and we've been through that in past episodes. Uh, especially when we reviewed um, Les Mis. Les, Mis. Les Miserables. Les Miserables. Les Miserables, which I actually liked. <laughs> I think that had yeah. something that more, I think that had a lot to do with the fact that all the singing in the film was organic. It, it just, yeah. you know, it, Only, it, it just was was better. Per- I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I hated the story. I thought the story was stupid, wow. but I actually liked the direction and the music and, and like the acting. I thought that was the good part of the film. Mm-hmm. I thought the storyline itself was just that typical bullshit nonsense that they, like, it, it, just a coincidental farce, <laughs> garbage. <laughs> but, uh, but it, yeah, we, the performances I thought were great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so La La Land's definitely going to be a struggle for me. But, uh, but again, I actually enjoyed uh, Less Miserables when we watched it, so there's room for surprise. Definitely. Feeling very positive about this year. Uh, yeah. I, I don't After think last there's... year, we need it. Uh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, you're right. The whole list, I look at the whole list, and I'm just like, you know what? The, the one that I want to watch the least is La La Land. You, definitely. Yeah. You maybe maybe tied one. with Moonlight and Lion. I, I don't... I, I... Um, no, I, I kind of like... Uh, I kind of dig the urban films. Eh, yeah. I, I don't care about a, a kid growing up in any in any environment. I Sorry, that's just me. I, I, I really could care less. Uh, I... Well, and, and that's fine. I, uh, this this whole uh, follow it bo- from boyhood to adulthood. Don't give a shit. Uh, you know what? I did one of those. I saw it. I'm good. <laughs> Your experience may vary. Yeah. Well, this this no. We we both hated boyhood. Um, <laughs> that was no, last year in general. But yeah. Uh, no. Boyhood sucked. That was last year's Oscars, right? Boyhood. Uh, Pretty sure. The year that was, before. I want to say. Uh, I thought it was 2015. No, I don't think so. You sure? 
I'm not boy, sure. I That's thought, why I said I, I don't thought, think I so. thought Boyhood was 2015. I'll look I didn't quick. say I know. I said I'm not sure. 2014. It is I was true. Right. What the fuck was last year then? Not Boyhood. Ah. Obviously. I they all blur. I've I've lost all sense of uh, time. I, I I can't I can't tell you last year from five years ago. It's it's all a blur now. Oh, okay, yeah, last year was Bridge of Spies, Mad Max, The Revenant, Spotlight, The Martian, Big Short, Room, Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, yeah. Uh, Brooklyn. I, Big oh. Short, Mad Max, Revenant. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> read, read those titles off again real quick. I just want to... Bridge of Spies. Crap. Mad Max Fury Road. Great. The Revenant. Great. Uh, the winner of Best Picture, Spotlight, mediocre at and, best, and yeah. formulaic. Right. Uh, the Martian. Eh. I liked it, but uh, you're right. Not an Oscar. Not, not Oscar. Um, the Big Short, great. Room. Uh, which I, I did like Room. I'll give it to. I'll give it to you. Yeah. And Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah. Fifty-fifty. I think this year might be better than 50-50. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you're right. What was 2015? Well, and we can't get we can't do 50-50 because there's nine films. So but I think it'll be like... I think it's going to be a bit heavy on the good stuff. Yeah. 2015 nominations. Oh, that's right. American Sniper. Um... <sighs> American Sniper, Boyhood, yeah. Grand Budapest yeah. Hotel, great movie. Uh, great. Birdman, great. Uh, Imitation Game, okay. Uh, it was okay. Yeah, I'll give it to you. I'll give that to you. Selma, eh. uh, Theory of Everything, was... eh. Whiplash, great. Great. I'm putting I'm putting Selma in the eh one just because. Definitely. So that's fifty fifty two. It's no, it's not. It's Birdman, Grand Budapest, and Whiplash. And but imitation game. Okay, imitation game. It was okay. If, if between imitation game and Selma, you, that yeah, one you go I, imitation game, of course. Yeah, it, you could almost that by, again. But you know what? These are the best picture nominees. They should all be great. That's that's the point, and that's why they have more than five now, so they can mix them up. Um, let's although let's let's be now we. But some, something we told get, me something told me for whatever reason that in the past when it was five they did a better job picking. I mean oh, we no, don't we, we don't have time to go through it because we need to end the show. But yeah. I think if we went through the years and but when it was just five, I bet you they did a much better job at picking the five. Than but they do whenever, now that you can have up to ten. But but the problem was one, if they had to if they had to get something in there for a reason other than it was actually great, it was too obvious. And then if they let something out, remember the whole fiasco over basketball diaries. Oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, so like oh Jesus fuck we gotta so the, just to get rid of that I th that's the re main reason they did this like and again the year Avatar they had to get Avatar in there but it's like if they they knew if they didn't put it in they get flack and if they put it in and pushed out another good film they get flack so fuck it let's just make it ten yeah there's a cop out it's it's they raised the bar or lowered the bar sorry hmm. they ran into the bar it just I I always felt that it was. 
I always felt that when it was five, it, it was the selection was better, and it, it just felt it was a tighter race, you know, and, and it just felt when Best Picture was picked, sometime, not all the time as well, it just felt like, okay, they're picking that out of these five, I can see why they picked it. There was a lot right. of times when they picked Best Picture when it was only five, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Mm. Like the year Crash won, I didn't think it was going to win. That was my favorite film that year. I thought it was going to go to, like, I don't even remember what was nominated that year, but it was like, it's going to go to one of these other fucking shitty movies. And it was like, holy shit, it actually won. That's, right. That's the year they split director and picture. But, anyhow. All right. Anyhow. Let, so let's go ahead and end this. We need to end the show. Yes. Now we 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 did have a uh, we have a we have an audio from from Gino. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh yeah, voicemail right. From him. But um, we're we're already running way long, uh, and I'm like losing consciousness here. Right. Uh, and now, the voicemail uh, is pushing G- six minutes. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, G- Gino's going to be joining us for a future one of the episodes, the Oscars. I'm trying to line up some guest uh, reviewers to join us for some of these Oscar shows. Uh, so Gino's going to be joining us for one of those on a film yet to be chosen. Right. Um, but what, what I'd like to do is let's just say that uh, no matter what, uh, at the opening of our next show, before we review the arrival, we're going to play his voicemail. and. Uh, yeah, we're going to do it in the beginning. That. Right. And if you get a chance, go to Gino. Uh, Gino has a podcast of his own called the New Cult Movie Podcast. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. Just go to YouTube and do a search for Gino Cuddy Cult. Yeah, uh, come right Gino up. is also starting his own cult. He's taking applications, <laughs> uh, a knowledge of um, Gulliver's Travels films and uh, um, Wheeler and Woos- German, Woosley. Silent German is it, films. Is it is Woosley? What Wheeler and Woosley or Woolley? Uh, I, I don't know. Gino knows this shit. I don't know. <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> he's yelling. He's yelling into like this. this yeah, he's, he's like, screen at this point. Um, so uh, you don't have to join the cult to watch the new cult movie podcast, uh, but it, one might precede the other. Uh, so if you get a chance, check him out on YouTube, please, and he will be joining us on a podcast as well as some of our other listeners that have been in touch with us. Uh, I'm going to be dragging them in to get their, their insight on some cool. of these films. Can't wait. should be fun. It's, we- it's Wheeler and Woolsey. Woolsey. Not Woolsey. Well, it's my Jersey, it's, it's a t- it's my it's Jersey a accent. Woolsey. Woolsey. <laughs> Nork. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's go ahead and end this. Okay. Uh, this is what episode two twenty nine of Movie Sucktastic. Again, as always, thank you for joining us. Uh, make sure you go to our website at moviesucktastic.com. Download all the shows there. Listen to the shows there. Tune in live every Thursday at eight p.m. and uh, watch and uh, hang out with us. Uh, join the chat room. We always monitor it. Uh, if if you're in there and you, you, you say some cool stuff, we'll we'll say uh, what you're saying. We'll be your voices. Uh, you can go to our iTunes page, uh, Movie Sucktastic, there, and you can download the show or listen to the show there as well. If you go there, make sure you leave us a review. We always appreciate it. Uh, you can go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Movie Sucktastic. Uh, everything that we do we put their trailers news whatever we're doing the movies we're going to review things like that 
Uh, you can go to our Tumblr page at tumblr.com, or I'm sorry, uh, moviesucktastic.tumblr.com. Scott updates that on a regular basis. Uh, if you want to leave us an email, it's themovieguys at moviesucktastic.com. If you want to leave us voicemail, it's 908 514 4470. And also, please download the free Android app for your smartphone, tablet, or whatever device you're using. Uh, there's a mobile version of that as well for you iPhone users. And everything I just talked about is in there. It's 100% free. Uh, highly recommend it. Uh, just go out and get it. So that about does it. Do you have any words of wisdom, Mr. Wilson? Uh, what don't you want? <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you next week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs>